Hey, everybody. Welcome to the EquipCast. My name is Jim Jansen, and I'm your host. And today, I got, got to sit down with uh, Kendra Mirat. Great story. Kendra has a wonderful faith journey, convert to the Catholic Church, and her journey was really dramatically accelerated when she began to get into some small groups and began to build some small groups in her parishes. Uh, Kendra gives some great advice as she tells her story about how to find a wingman to help you and the importance of not trying to do it alone, uh, how to build a group, how to listen to the Lord and hear who he's leading you to and what he's asking. She talks about a group of women and doing a small group with her husband. Uh, so take a listen. You're going to love today's conversation. Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Kendra, mm-hmm. welcome. I am so glad you're you're here. Um, I've been actually looking forward to this. I look forward to all of our conversations, but I I love your story of how the Lord used your own experience in a small group mm-hmm. and then began to draw you into a place of of leading that. I'm excited to get a chance to just talk about that and dive into that story a little bit. Kendra, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. This is, uh, yeah, certainly a new experience for me, but you know, the past couple of months, as I've gotten more confident with sharing my story and sharing how the Lord has worked in my life, particularly through small groups, I'm just excited to be here and to share my story with a new audience today. All right. So let's start off, Kendra, your wife, mother, um, yep. right? St. Ignatius Parish up Northeast Nebraska. Yep. Tell everybody a little bit little about yourself and uh, your faith journey. Yeah. So I grew up Lutheran and probably a pretty stereotypical Lutheran family. You know, we went to church in the Sunday school, the Bible school. My parents you know, and grandparents set a good example of like, we knew God loved us. That was never a question. I have never been away from my faith. I would say mm-hmm. there were certainly those years, maybe college, but where I wasn't always living the most virtuous life. Oh, just maybe. Yeah. You're the only, you're <laughs> yeah. the only one. Kendra. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I still would go to college or go to mass church on Sundays. And then a, a couple of years after college, I met my husband, John, who was Catholic. And I swore up and down, I would never date or marry a Catholic. And look what happened. I married a Catholic. <laughs> we got married in my Lutheran church at home in my hometown, but we live in his hometown where his family's Catholic church is. So we knew that eventually I would probably be joining the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And about two years after marriage, I did go through RCAA and join the church. And even then I was content in my Lutheran life. So it wasn't, you know, that I came to profound realization about the Catholic mm-hmm. church. So even, you know, those first couple of years of being Catholic, the name of my religion had changed, but I wouldn't say that the depth of my religion had changed mm. at all. So yeah, I'm a stay at home mom. We have four kids. My husband, John and I have four kids. John works for his family's business. They run a grain elevator. And our oldest three kids go to school at St. Ledger Elementary in Creighton. And my youngest one is still home with me and she Mm. will start preschool next year. So I am getting ready to enter a new season of motherhood and life, which is like crazy to think about. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. So we talk a lot on this podcast about helping parishes become missional communities. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think people imagine that as like, oh man, you know, they begin to think about, you know, formal mission statements and Mm -hmm. big initiatives. The Lord did something in your life, in your experience, Mm -hmm. in your parish. And it was ah, small, right? It was small mm-hmm. groups yeah. had a profound effect in helping you grow in your faith. Tell us a little bit about your story. So, like I said, you know, those first couple of years I joined the church, my faith was still pretty, just surface level. And then this is, this is about six years ago, Father Jeff Lorig was our priest at the time. And he had a small blurb in the bulletin encouraging people to form small groups. And I don't think he even talked about it at mass. It was just the little blurb in the bulletin. And then the following week, he had the blurb in the bulletin again, just, hey, small groups can be wonderful. Have you thought about forming a small group? And the next week, he had this same blurb in the bulletin again. And I'm a rule follower. And my priest had just told me to, three times to do something. So I thought, hey, he must know what he's talking about. We should try to form a small group. Oh, wait, wait. Do you read? Did you regularly read the bulletin oh, <laughs> before this? I'm type A. I'm type we'll A. Follow, okay, Jim. got it. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do read the bulletin. <laughs> I was just wondering if there was a minor miracle that you were reading well, the bulletin that- <laughs> and then noticed no. the three times, but okay, proceed. So I, that third week I came home and I think within an hour of being home from mass, I texted three friends that I knew from church, two from our church here in Brunswick and one from the church in Creighton, asking if they'd seen that in the bulletin and if they were interested in forming like a mom's playdate small group, because we all had young kids. And they uh, immediately said yes. And so it was about a month later that we started meeting. And by that time, the group of four of us, the three that I had originally asked, it had grown to eight. And there were eight of us women who met for three years. And that is really where my faith journey blossomed and began. It was through that small group about six years ago. Okay. So just like real practical questions, Uh where did you meet and how did you take care of the kids? (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, it literally was like a play date craziness, but we'd meet at somebody's house. We took turns hosting. There were probably between five to seven kids under five, usually about every time we were there. And I say like the most amazing thing about it, like best thing I can say about a small groups is like, we had all these kids there. We were breastfeeding, we were changing diapers, we were handing out snacks. And yet in spite of that, all like our lives were transformed. Small groups don't have to be intimidating. Like we had all this craziness going on, but yet so much goodness happened in our small group. Yeah. Okay. So you rotated houses and and the kids were just playing. Cause they're young yep. enough, oh, yep. or at least some of them were, it's not we try like, to send them to the basement or turn right. on a movie, but yeah, I mean, they were there and gosh, what is probably one of the most beautiful things about having them there is like, they knew that their moms are going to Bible study. They saw us praying together. Like they saw this group of women gathering, praying together. Like if I'm leaving to go somewhere, my, my kids will say, Oh, are you going to Bible study? Like they know that is yeah. an important piece of our life. And that's something we do. And our kids like, like to get together with the other kids and say, let's play Bible study. So I think just like setting them up, having that experience of seeing us doing it was incredible. So tell us like, what was like, what would happen? This is like, I'm guessing like a mid morning or an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How did it on, un- how did it unfold? You know, it's like, okay, everybody's kind of arriving. I'm sure straggling mm-hmm. in, uh, how did, how did like the time unfold for just a typical time together? Yeah. We usually have someone open with a prayer. We had an incredible dynamics in our group of a couple of women who were 
farther along in their faith journey. And then some of us were really just starting in our faith journey. So, you know, especially that first year or so, there's about three of the women that we really look to, to kind of like lead and guide our group. Like those would be the three, like, I can't say a prayer. Oh, one of those three has to lead our prayer because Mm. the rest of us just hadn't built up the confidence yet to do those types of things. So we usually start with a, a prayer and, um, the first studies we did were the, the Catholic Christian outreach faith study. I think it was a series of like five or six studies. Yeah. Yes. So we, mm-hmm, we did those, which were like a really good starting point. There were several of us in the group who were our converts to the faith. So those studies were really good just to give us a more of a foundation of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we really enjoyed those. So, I mean, yeah, we just, we would work to the, through the study as the best of our ability. And like some of us would be honest, of course, like, oh, I didn't get to this there, you know, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And there would be, you know, interruptions from the kids, but we made it work. And yeah, it was just, like I said, in spite of the chaos going on, it was just a beautiful time of fellowship. And I also, along with um, some of people being farther along in their faith journey and some just starting, it was the same with motherhood. You know, we had some who had a little mm. bit older kids and some of us who were just starting out with having kids. So, you know, there's a lot of sharing of life experiences and advice, both yeah. with our faith, with motherhood, with marriage. Yeah. Gosh, that that's awesome. So talk a little bit about, right. Okay. So the content, and I I'm familiar with those CCO studies, right. It stands mm-hmm. for Catholic Christian outreach. It's like a Canadian college ministry. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing that those are very much kind of focused on very uh, like kind of fundamental truths of mm-hmm. the faith. That's what's happening content wise. What was happening in terms of your relationships, friendship wise? Well, like I shared, I think I didn't realize it at the time, but so much of what I was looking for was friendship. Mm-hmm. And when we started this group, we came from three different Catholic churches and some of the mm-hmm. women didn't even know each other prior to our first meeting. So it was just like so amazing to see the friendships that would be formed. Like I'd see two women talking like, oh my gosh, like they didn't even know each other a month ago. And now she is like giving her baby advice and, or giving her something to help her kids. And it was just so beautiful to see the friendship that was built up, how we Mm -hmm. could just be vulnerable. And I mean, it took time. Like it's hard to be vulnerable with a group of women right away. Literally God. You should come to a guy's Bible study. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> takes a little bit longer for them yeah. too. <laughs> uh-huh. Is this, is this the group where like, where like things flip and you're like, Oh yeah, let's go hang out. I didn't know confession is what you meant, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think when the first time I knew like these women were special to me, we decided to do a social outing after we had been meeting for a couple months. And what we decided to do for our social outing was go to Norfolk and go to confession and go out to eat. Well, I had naturally gone to confession. Yeah. <laughs> I had gone to confession when I had joined the Catholic church. So that had been about six years prior. And I had not gone to confession up until that time again. But these women just made it so natural. It's like, well, I want to go and I want to go to confession because I'm getting to do this with my friends. And I have some friends who are very good about going to confession and just hearing them explain like the graces that they have received through mm-hmm. the sacrament of confession made it not seem so intimidating. Like, yes, it's still hard to go, but now I have these women in my life who just like, we naturally can talk about going to confession and it's not weird. And we can Mm -hmm. just like what we were able to teach each other and encourage each other with our values was incredible. 
And that's why we're so lucky, you know, that we had some who could lead our group through those things. Mm. Kendra, when you, you know, this, this group, you said it went on for three years Mm -hmm. and then there was a, there was a pivot point at some point where you began to think about leading your own group. Can you tell us a little, a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so those three years we spent together in our group were amazing. When we started, we said, oh, we will absolutely never stop meeting because we just cherish our time together so well. But I think we also started realizing like, oh, well, there's other women that we know that we would love to experience something like this. We would love them. We know that they're you know, maybe searching for friendship or searching to explore their relationship with God on a deeper mm-hmm. level. So COVID was kind of part of it. And like mm-hmm. circumstances were kind of part of it. We had some women who go went back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the group kind of just naturally had to change because of, because of that. Just started thinking of other women that I'd like to invite. And I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but I think my friend Michelle was really teaching me in the tell show try do method. Mm-hmm. Like the three years that we were in our initial Bible study, she was one of the leaders kind of in that study. So she was really you know, telling, and she was one of the ones who would lead the prayer most weeks when some of us were like, oh, I can't do that. Just really modeling what it would be like to lead a group, how you mm-hmm. lead a group, how you lead a group in prayer. And I don't, I don't even have like the language at the time. I didn't have the language to say this, but uh, she and I decided then that we, we felt called to three women, Michelle and I felt called to three women to lead mm-hmm. them in a Bible study group through women that we, women that we had never done a Bible study with. Uh, so we invited these three women. And we kind of decided that Michelle would be the leader and I would be the wingman and Michelle would kind of lead the study. And then I would just be there to be guaranteed to help lead conversation and to do the closing prayer. Somebody who would say something. Uh-huh. Who <laughs> yeah. would chime in. Yeah. Have maybe something prepared that they could contribute that night. So she was kind of leading me to the try stage. Mm-hmm. She was, and I think, you know, she probably, she had been, mentoring me, discipling me. So I think she knew what she was doing, but it was never awkward. It wasn't like, oh, Michelle is trying to teach me this. Like it was such mm-hmm. a natural process of how we went through that. So she and I did this Bible study with these three women and it went wonderfully well. And I think like, you know, I think she even gave me the encouragement. It's like, you don't need me anymore. I think you are equipped to be able to go and do. Yeah. And that is really, yeah. What led me to feel like, okay, I think she's right. I am ready to, to do this by myself. <laughs> Tell us about that. Like what what did you, like, how did you get started building your own group? Well, uh, really the first time I did a Bible study group without any of my normal Bible study friends was last Lent. And it actually was just doing a Bible study with my husband. It was one of the biggest blessings for our marriage. Like it was mm. so incredible. And it was also a really low pressure way to do your first <laughs> Bible study. <laughs> you, you know, he's going to come. It's like, honey, I know, uh-huh. you're, I know you're here. Didn't you? have to worry too much about the logistics. We just, yeah, usually shoot for a Wednesday night. Hey, after the kids went to bed, let's try. And we did, we did one of the account encounter series. We did the first, the encounter nice. study. So yeah, it was like a really easy way just to get my feet wet leading a group. But yeah, it was, he and I had never done anything like that together. And it has just like, I'm starting to see the fruit from it, which has been amazing. Now, for those who don't know, Tell people what is, what is the encounter series? Uh, the encounter series is a series of three studies that the archdiocese has put together and they are all rap based studies where you pray a piece of a passage of scripture 
And they are amazing, especially from a leader's standpoint, because mm-hmm. there's no prep work required. You pretty much just show up with your book. There's some um, opening questions. Then you pray through using the wrap method. And then there's some questions to kind of end your time together. And um, there are, I believe, three studies, Encounter, Mission, and Mercy. And I have done the first two studies. I have not yet done Mercy, but that is hopefully coming this Lent to do that one. That's awesome. And for those who aren't familiar, the RAP method is just right classic Lexio Divina, mm-hmm. but it's an acronym where you're journaling through the mm-hmm. stages, right? So W, so mm-hmm. right, like W-R-A-P, not the... Not RAP, right? Yes. So, Thanks w, for clarifying. Write, you know, R, reflect, A, apply, P, pray, then write back in response to God, mm-hmm. uh, which is a method I discovered years ago, you know, leading college guys, uh, trying to teach them how to pray. And oh my gosh, it was amazing because mm-hmm. these guys who could, I mean, they could not figure out how to pray, uh-huh. that, like they began to figure out how to pray and they, they prayed. They learned how to pray 10 times faster utilizing the the rap method. I yes. think because they were, so, I mean, like the distractions just about the time, at least for me, right, right, when I would be ready mm-hmm. to space off, I'd be capturing what was going on in my mind and my heart yeah. by writing it down. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. And I think one of the best things about like a Lexio or rap based study is you can do the same study again and you will get something completely new out of it. Oh, yeah. Like I did one this Advent and I had done it last Advent too. It's like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I thought that last year I did not get that out of the reading this time. So, yeah, they are just wonderful resources that you can use again and again and with different groups that, yeah, they mm-hmm. seem to just fit any group and just. I would, before I had ever done Lexio, and it was probably only about three years ago where I was introduced to the method of praying mm-hmm. with scripture. I would look at scripture historically, but like I had never even considered the thought of scripture personally applying to my life and that it yeah. is a way that God can speak to me. And like, it's completely changed how I pray. Uh, yeah. I've gotten, and then, you know, the group of women I pray with, like that is primarily how we pray anymore. It's just been such a blessing to be able to learn how to pray like that and to hear God speak directly to you. Yeah. I, I love that you brought that up because you know, like kind of like nerd alert, but the behind, <laughs> behind the scenes, like, you know, it's awesome when Christians get together mm-hmm. and share their faith, right. And, and pray mm-hmm. together. And, you know, even faithful lifelong Lutherans, Catholics, whatever can like mm-hmm. dramatically grow in their faith, uh, as they encounter scripture, but yeah. m- my missionary heart, and I'm going to give a shout out here for <laughs> right. Deacon Tim McNeil. Uh, he's like, are we just saving the saved? And, <laughs> and sometimes that's what, sometimes that's what Bible study is because Bible study kind of I- implies clearly, right. A faith and a desire to learn, but there's something about getting people in contact with the word of God, not so much as an intellectual exercise, but just as a, a moment of prayer that, mm-hmm. that changes things that people, even from very unchurched backgrounds, people, not non-Christian backgrounds, like often in the third world, this is how they evangelize where, when it's mm-hmm. not safe to preach on a, on a street corner mm-hmm. where, where they have to be very, very careful they just get people in contact with the word of God and they're like, okay, well, let's read it again. 
okay, well, what do you think that means? Okay. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just, it lets, it takes all the pressure off being a missionary. You just let the word of God out and he kind of does his thing and you just watch. It's so much fun and so powerful because it's great for Christians, but it's a tool that we can use to reach those who are very far away from our Mm -hmm. Christian culture and tradition. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best things about it is anyone can use it. Anyone can be impacted by praying with scripture. Like my daughter would say that's her favorite thing that she's done at religion class is when they have time for Lexio. That's awesome. So I think there's a time and a place for learning more about the specific details about your faith. And I think that first group I was in, you know, with some of us who are converts, like, yes, we needed to learn more about the faith, the Catholic faith and the beliefs and the meanings to everything. But I think it's also so important just to have that personal relationship with Jesus that you can get through praying with scripture. Okay. So Kendra, you mentioned, right. You and your husband, you know, Mm -hmm. did the, did the encounter, but you also mentioned that you're, you're going to be starting a group this Lent. Uh Uh, Talk a little bit about like, what are your plans, your dreams? And if you're willing, get us a little bit like below the surface, like into kind of like your heart, like, okay, so I'm like a little insecure about this. Uh I'm going to step out here, but talk about your journey, your decision to, to lead a group this Lent. And I, and I will share like an honest, vulnerable story of not going really well, because there were two women that this fall, I just kept running into them a lot. Other moms from the school that I knew were probably seeking a little bit deeper faith. And I just kept, I'd run into them at soccer practice. They would show up to some of our uh, school events. And I had never really had much contact with them before, but God kept putting them in my life. So I just really felt called to invite them into something. So we made plans to do an Advent study. And I thought, oh, we should probably start a little early just in case you get off track. So I think we met maybe like the second or third week in November to start the Mm. Advent study. And I am sad to say that, that was the only time that we got together. Like life happened, right? <laughs> Sickness <yeah>. happened. <laughs> the busyness of the holidays happened. So yes, it was disappointing that we only made it through one time of meeting in this group, but like there were so many blessings that came out of this, just the one time that we got mm. together. I had conversations with them that I had never had before. I started building up that vulnerability and trust. I stayed in contact with them just from kind of that one meeting. They are both, both decided to go through RCIA. They are not Catholic. The one has asked me to be her sponsor, like just after kind of that one time we got together, Wow. which has led into like, oh, well, she and I have been able to grow through that. Mm-hmm. So yes, it was disappointing that that was the only time we were kind of, kind of a failure story, but you know what? We decided we're going to shake it off and we're going to try it in Lent <laughs> to finish yeah. the Advent study this Lent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, are you going to like throw a Christmas party in April? <laughs> Maybe. Uh-huh. But I think, you know, that's just one of those lessons that I've learned. You have to be patient. Like yeah. discipleship is not a sprint. It is a marathon. So a few years ago, I probably could have been like, if this would have happened, like I just could have been frustrated and mad and thought, well, this is pointless. I'm just giving up. It's just not meant to be with them. But I have just learned like to give myself that grace and them that grace and realize, hey, that wasn't the time. Let's sweep the dust off and try again later in a couple yeah. months and hopefully it'll go better. So yeah, I think that one of the biggest encouragements I give to people who are considering to start a group 
It's just like, be patient, <laughs> be patient. It can be so easy to get all caught up and think I'm going to invite these people and we're going to have amazing experience and we're going to meet for six straight weeks. And it might not always happen. It might not be on our time plan, but God probably has a better plan. Yeah. Well, and it's not, I mean, it's not about checking all the boxes. You're like, all right, yeah. we got, we got it all done. It's not like there's mm-hmm. a, you know, there's a certification and a quiz at the end. Yeah. Like just, just that sharing of, yeah, just, I love it. It's like, well, one failure was like this beautiful, <laughs> like, like one event that just flowered into so many different other conversations and mm-hmm. uh, great, great moments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could have been, and I was at the time probably disappointed, like, oh, why did we have to cancel again this week? But I just kind of started giving it to God. Like, if, you know, if it's not meant to, to be right now, that's fine. You will make something come out of this because I still see you placing these women in my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are shooting to for a Lent study. Right. You, you saw the Lord placing this women, these women in your life. Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe it's just me and maybe it's just my, my hearing, but it sounds like there was a, there was a, a time delay or maybe a conversation with the Lord between when they were showing up with consistency mm-hmm. in your life. And when you kind of recognized, Hey, wait a minute, I think there's, I think there's a little, there's a call on my life or there's an invitation here for me mm-hmm. to, to enter into friendship with them a little bit more deeply. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what, what was going on in your heart and mind and what the Lord was doing to make you aware. Yeah. It was so weird how I showed up for my son's first soccer practice and like, Oh, well, they're both on the soccer team too. I did not realize that their kids were on the same soccer team and we just kept running into each other. And I just, as I was spending time praying, because I knew I had it on my heart to try and find a new Bible study, small group, mm-hmm. group of women that I could meet with. And they just like kept being there. And I knew just from some small little conversations with them and things I'd heard around town, like, Hey, they both maybe thought about joining the Catholic church. And the one girl and I kind of have a weird family connection of our families kind of going back a ways. Hmm. So I really just like started praying about this. And, you know, as I was in praying for people on my discipleship chart through the mentorship program, like they just kept coming to mind. Like these other people, I just didn't have natural relationships with them, but these two just kept showing up in my life. So it was really just a lot of prayer, like, Lord, are you calling me? And the first time I sent a text to them, I was really just sat there like, Lord, do you want me to send this text? Hmm. And he did. And I sent it. And again, immediately they both responded like, yes, we have been looking for something like this in our life. So I think like the prayer aspect is just so Mm. important as you are searching for people to bring into a small group or to disciple or to mentor or before my husband, and I started the study last Lent, you know, I kept thinking, oh, I can invite this woman and this woman and this woman. But it was really like, as I went into prayer every time about it, it's like, no, he is calling me to my husband. Like that is who he is calling me to right now. Mm-hmm. So yes, maybe that was only one person in another group could have been a group of, I, you know, five or six women. Like, no, it was just this one person. So I think just listening to the Lord, hearing who he is calling you to is just so important. That probably needs to be your first step as you consider any kind of a small group is really just to focus on who is the Lord calling you to. Let's break that down even one yeah. step further. Okay. So you're there. I love how you talked about, uh, I forget, I forget the phrase you said, but you're, you were just, well, you were asking questions. You're like, okay, Lord, who, and mm-hmm. clearly in your prayer for mm-hmm. these women, you were having a conversation with the Lord and you mm-hmm. were asking a question, which that alone I think is significant because not all of us approach our, our prayer or 
particularly our prayer for other people in a mm-hmm. conversational way with the uh-huh. Lord. You know, sometimes we use a Santa Claus list, right? God bless Timmy, <laughs> Tommy, Susie, yep. Sally, and Billy, who was a bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're like, you're, you're praying in a conversational way. You're asking the Lord, how did he answer? Because you're just speaking very naturally. Mm-hmm. It's like he answered back. What was that like? You know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this lately. Like how, if somebody had to ask me, like, how do I hear God speaking to me? Mm-hmm. It's not like in prayer, I hear God like say, oh, this is who I want you to disciple. (laughs) I do not hear that voice. And, you know, I think some people maybe do hear that, but it's really like he gives me this idea that I just can't shake, like that I have Mm -hmm. utmost confidence in that this is what he wants me to do. So no, he wasn't just putting in my head, like I am leading you to these two women. Yes, I want them. And he just kept putting them in my life. Like, Lord, okay, if you want me, to disciple them, then well, and not like you're giving God a a choice, but like, Oh, well, will you present me an opportunity? So the next day there was a meeting up at school and this mom who has never been to any of our meetings, like for this type of an issue, she showed up like, Oh my gosh, she is here again. That is my sign from God. Like Mm -hmm. put her right in front of me. So yeah, it's hard to learn how to hear God, but, and that's something I've really been focusing on and just trying to understand better. But I think it's really just like when he gives me this idea that I know can't be wrong. And just even praying about this, doing this podcast. (laughs) When I first got the email about doing it, I thought, oh my gosh, absolutely. No, this is outside of my comfort zone. But I took it to prayer and he just kept, I could just kept hearing like, yes, I will give you the confidence and the grace to be able to do this. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot of practice and I'm, definitely not an expert at hearing the Lord, but I think it is important to know that we can all hear him speaking to us differently. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love how you tested it, right? You're like, (laughs) all right, Lord. I mean, if this is what you want, give me a chance. And then boom, Uh you know, there, (laughs) there, there they are. Pretty obvious. (laughs) You're like, all right, Lord, I'm going to hit send boom. And you hit send on the text. And then you get this affirmation right away. You mm-hmm. get this sense of yeah. confirmation, which I think is, uh-huh. uh, I mean, sometimes we just don't even bother to ask the Lord at mm-hmm. all what he thinks about yeah. our plans or initiatives. We're like, hey, Jesus, I'm going to do something for you. <laughs> so you just sit tight there. But mm-hmm. but when we do, sometimes we spend all of our time in our head and sometimes mm-hmm. just stepping out in faith, taking a step. All right, I'm going to hit send. And, yeah. and that, like, that does it because then he's like, yep, boom. And you get this immediate confirmation out of, there. yeah, I, I do want this. I've been looking for this. Yeah. He just, he makes it happen. If he wants it to happen for you, I think he will make it happen. So Kendra, as you look back, I mean, this has been, mm-hmm. I mean, a great journey now, what we're like four or five years from that first, first group yeah. you got, you got mm-hmm. in, what do you wish you had known earlier? I think, like I shared, being patient is a big part of it Mm -hmm. and being patient that the journey can take a while. Mm -hmm. I think just learning this process of discipleship can take a while and that you have to be patient. A few years ago when we had to cancel, like if if, uh, kids were sick, like three weeks in a row and we had to cancel our Bible study, like I would just get probably frustrated and disappointed Mm -hmm. just realizing like it's all in God's time and missing three weeks it's not that big a deal in the greater mm-hmm. scheme of forming these relationships with these women. And I think just the whole experience of authentic friendship, like was just such a blessing that I didn't, didn't expect. Mm. And as someone who's quite a bit of an introvert, introvert, being able to be vulnerable, like 
that's such a big part of it. It can take a while. Mm -hmm. Blessings that can come out of being vulnerable with another group are just amazing. Right. I mean, yeah, this, you know, woman who's like, uh, okay, I guess I'm going to start a group because Jesus is, you know, telling me <laughs> through the bulletin, which I still find so miraculous, <laughs> to that, you know, being a part of a group and, oh, we're, we're never going to stop. Okay. Actually, well, maybe there's other people in the world who could use mm -hmm. this and just, yeah. I mean, as you tell the story and now again, making friends with these women, mm -hmm. as you start your own group and like, yes, would you be my RCIA sponsor? I mean, it's just like, slowly over time, but that, I mean, it's an amazing story. Thank you. And I think I appreciate the simplicity, right? They're just the step-by-step, <laughs> the easy, I mean, easy in the right way. Like there wasn't any one step that was too big. No, you know, I think there's not like one big point that was my decision point to really give my life to Christ. Mm -hmm. I, when we went into this very first Bible study, you know, I was probably living on the left side of the discipleship threshold chart. And when it came out of it, when we ended that group, I was on the right side. So I would say those three years of meeting were all my decision point. So, you know, there was never one big revelation that, you know, just caused me to break down and give my life mm -hmm. to Christ. But it was a process and looking at it now, like, it's beautiful. And I am so fortunate that I had these women to lead me through it and to give me that experience. You can still feel it as you think about these women. Yeah. Yes. I was so just blessed by their, the friendship that they gave me. And I had never experienced anything like that in my life. And that's what I think so many women in particular, I can't speak for men, but they're just hungry for community and they're hungry for fellowship, you know, and I haven't done that many, I've probably done about five or six different Bible studies with some different groups of women. And I've never had a woman tell me no, that they didn't want to be part of a group. Mm. Like I think people in today's society are just, looking for fellowship and looking for community and looking to feel like they belong and just also looking for something deeper in their life. They, whether they know it or not, they are seeking relationship with Christ. Hmm. Yeah. I just think the fellowship that can come out of a small group is amazing. So Kendra, I'm hoping that so, you know, some of the people are listening that they're like, ah, crap. I think, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to do this. Right. Uh -huh. I think, you know, that, that the Lord's been, either putting people in their life or their own awareness. I mean, it's painful, but I mean, their own awareness of their, their loneliness is coming to a head and, mm -hmm. and hopefully this conversation is helping them say like, okay, I think I know what I'm supposed to do now. What would you say kind of closing advice for someone listening who th who's thinking about starting a group themselves? Well, first I just have to again, say, pray about it. Uh, that's the first step. I would say, pray about who the Lord is calling you to. Uh, what also had just worked amazingly in our group, and particularly the Lent study that Michelle and I did with these three women a couple of years ago, was just having that wingman. Mm. And if at all possible, like someone who can complement your strengths and charisms. Mm. You know, I, my strengths and charisms tend to fall into the organizational administrative roles. So I'm really good at like setting up the logistics for a meeting and making sure everyone knows the day and time and getting the RSVPs. And my friend, Michelle, her strengths kind of fall more in the communication and teaching us roles. Mm. So I think that's a big part of what made our teamwork so successful Yeah, is because, you know, I could handle logistics and she could handle the leading the city. So you know, as you're thinking about having a wingman, which I just cannot emphasize enough how 
important that can be to take some of the pressure off you as a leader. I think it's also a really good idea to look for someone who can complement any of your, I don't want to say strengths, but you know, the Mm -hmm. places where you maybe aren't as strong. Yeah. Just the whole concept of like Jesus sending the apostles out two by two. Like we were not made to do this alone. We are made, we're made to do this with an other people. So I just love the thought of getting someone to accompany on you on this journey of leading a group or leading a small group. That's awesome. All right. Don't do it alone. <laughs> That's right. Kendra, thank you. Yeah. This is great. This is, this was a, yeah, this was uh, so fun. Really appreciate the chance to, to hear this story. I had known like little bits of it, but the uh-huh. chance to just to hear more, like I really appreciate it. And this has been a, this has been a blessing for me. I'm like, crap, Lord, I need to be patient. Make me patient now. Um, it's so, hard. <laughs> so this is this is great. Thank you, Jacob. Well, Kendra, thank you. Uh, as you right, as you continue to, I mean, walk with the Lord and and let Him direct you to people in your life. Like, yeah, God's Godspeed on on your journey. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still just you know praying about Lent and what He is, who He was calling to me me to this Lent. So I'm excited to see what he brings into my life in the next month or so. Awesome. All right, everybody. If this has been a blessing for you and I suspect it has now's the time to like pause, like just maybe like, you know, tie the dog up if you're walking the dog or if you're driving, maybe you should like pull over, but just share this out with a friend. Um, And maybe you, yeah, maybe you hit, you share this out and you're like, okay, you're going to be my wingman. And you don't know what that means yet, but listen to this episode (laughs) and then we're going to talk. So go to live Lent together training. I want to emphasize too, live Lent together training is just starting in the parishes around the archdiocese. So if you are like feeling insecure about starting a group, like I just highly recommend uh, finding a training that you can go to that will teach you the details of leading a group. Yeah. Thank you. And it's a great way to figure out, you know, you don't have to make the decision beforehand, go to discern. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Funny thing, there's only one Live Lent Together right now on Google. So you can find it at the right archomaha.org backslash Lent, or you can just Google Live Lent Together. And it's the only thing that comes up right now. <laughs> Kendra, thank you. Thank you, Jim. All right, everybody. God bless. <laughs>